still. Okay, well, we got, we got a table for six down here. So I'd like to get six uh, volunteers. Just come on up. Uh, be polite. Okay, there's one, and there's one, and I see a guy over there, and there's a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth right here. Okay. Wait. I got room for one more, and here he comes. Get out of his way. It's dangerous. Okay. Okay, now we have... Um, We have fresh fruit, uh, some Danish. Oh man, that looks really good to me. And uh, OJ water and uh, regular and decaf coffee. Why anyone would drink decaf is beyond me. I drink coffee for the effect. And uh, cream, sugar. Anyway, uh, you guys just sort of help yourself, all right? Uh, this is where you'll be for, uh, for most chapel this morning. And uh, has anybody blessed the food yet? Father, thank you for this good food. Bless it to their bodies, and bless us all, Lord, with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as they eat, I want to uh, quote a chapter from the uh, book of the prophet Isaiah. And uh, as I quote this, uh, it'll be illustrated in part anyway by what's going on down here. God speaking to Isaiah, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come take your choice of wine or milk, it's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen, and I'll tell you where to get food that is good for your souls. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, for the life of your soul is at stake. I'm ready to make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you the mercies and unfailing love that I promised to David. He displayed my power by being my witness and becoming a leader among the nations, you also will command the nations and they will come running to obey because I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. So, seek the Lord while you can find Him. Call on Him now while He is near. Let the people turn from their wicked deeds. Let them banish from their minds the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. My thoughts are completely different from yours, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. 
It will accomplish what I want it to. It will flourish wherever I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Where once thorns grew, cypress trees will grow. Where briars now grow, myrtles will sprout up. This miracle will bring great honor to the Lord's name. It will be an everlasting sign of His power and His love. Well, there's three things I want you to uh, notice about this passage and what's being illustrated down here as these students eat. The first is simply this. God wants you to be filled, satisfied, content, happy. Is anyone thirsty? Well, come and drink. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that gives you no strength? Why do you pay for things that don't satisfy you? Listen to me, and I'll tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Maybe that surprises you about God. That is, that He wants you to be filled, to be satisfied, to be content, to be happy. It shouldn't. I'm thinking now of Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, and then this, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's God. And our Lord Jesus Christ's favorite picture of the kingdom of God is of a feast. In fact, all history will end with a feast. All heaven will be a feast, a celebration, a party. Now that once surprised me. Because I thought all that God really wanted from me or for me was to make things hard. Maybe you're like that. I remember going to a summer camp when I was 15 up at Lake Arrowhead, and uh, every day, every night, every, every meeting we had, the guy would get up and he would say, Now, will you give your lives to Jesus? Will you, will you say you can have all of me? Will you give him everything, all your plans, all your hopes, all your desires? Will you simply lay them at the feet of Christ? And all I could think of, all I could think of when that guy got up to preach was, uh, was Geraldine Keith. Now, Geraldine Keith is a fine girl my age. Um, Nothing against her, she's just great, but my mother really thought we would make a nice couple. And that was, to my junior high mind, or ninth grade mind, uh, a fate about worse than death. And I thought if I said to Jesus, Jesus, I'll do whatever you want me to do, the first thing he would say is, Ben, <laughs> meet Geraldine. <laughs> I want for you the hardest thing you can imagine doing, because it's good for you to do things you hate. Now, there's a place for that. But the place is always in order that we might be satisfied. You know, sometimes we come to Jesus like the leper did, who said, 
Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. Jesus looked at the leper with compassion and he says, I want to. I mean, this leper thought, you can, but you probably won't. And Jesus says, I will. Or there was the father with a boy who was demonized, and he, he said to Jesus, Lord, if you can, will you help us out? He was thinking, Lord, I think you probably would if you could, but you can't. And Jesus says, if I can, of course I can. I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. So maybe it surprises you that God says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Maybe it doesn't surprise you at all. Maybe it just doesn't interest you. And hear me. If it doesn't, your soul is in great and grave danger. What did God say to Isaiah? Listen, for the life of your soul is at stake. You know, God has strong feelings about folks who don't believe He's good or who don't want to listen or to receive what He has to give. He said to the prophet Isaiah, He said, Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they're not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory, me, for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, for my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. Not a place for thirsty people. And they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that can't hold water. They've dug ditches hoping to catch something, and when they catch it, they won't be able to keep it. This irritates God, or it wounds Him sometimes. He says in Psalm 81, O Israel, if you would only listen, open your mouth wide, and I will... Fill it with good things, but oh, that my people would listen to me. I would feed you with the best of foods. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. God wants you filled, number one. Number two, he is the meal. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen for the life of your soul is at stake. That's what God is getting at when he tells Isaiah that his ways are beyond our wildest imagination. My thoughts are completely different from your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. Then he says something like this. He says, I'm going to give you something that will cause the mountains and the hills to burst into song. You're going to live in joy and peace. And, and can you imagine this? Trees in the fields clapping their hands over this. Well, it's God. It's God who gives that. Because God is the gift. You know, God is a mystery. He's far beyond our understanding. He is high and He is holy. But when the Bible speaks of God's mystery, it's rarely, it's rarely about His inscrutableness. Although He is inscrutable. He is far beyond what we can imagine. But when the Bible talks about God's mystery, what it usually is pointing to is the mystery of His generosity, His love. 
That's what bowls the writers of the Bible over more than anything else. Yes, he's God and we expect him to be big, but what we didn't expect, what is utterly mysterious and overwhelming, is that he is so good and generous and loving. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. But Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, oh, I like this one. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Yes. And he feeds us. You know, this world is filled with analogs of God. We'll say things like, well, water is a little bit like God. Or we'll say bread is, is like God. What we're saying is water is like the God who is water. Bread is like the God who is bread. I mean, life is like the God who is life. Love is like the God who is better than life. And so, our hungers, our desires, the things that drive us and pull us on, the, the love we look for, the, the knowledge we want to attain, the, uh, the success that we, we, we strive so hard to get, the, the, the meaning that we, we grope around to find, all of those things, says C.S. Lewis, are signposts to God. Or in another passage it says, they're like footprints in the snow. And the idea is when we feel these great longings and desires like for food or whatever, we should look at the footprint and follow it where it leads. Our problem is we stare at the footprint, the desire. And what happens to footprints in the snow? Well, they melt and they disappear. So Bernard of Clairvaux wrote, speaking to God, from all the best bliss that life imparts, we turn again to Thee, unfilled. God wants you filled, and He is the meal, and all He requires of you is your appetite. Listen, and I will tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, for the life of your soul is at stake. Our appetite is what God requires, and our appetite is measured by how we listen. Appetite equals listening in the Bible. Listening equals appetite. Let me raise three questions about this. Number one. What happens if you don't listen? What happens if you don't listen? Well, you'll listen to something. It won't be God, though. It'll be something else. And you'll starve. And the greatest, the greatest judgment that God visits on those who won't listen is to let them not listen so long that they eventually lose the ability to listen at all. Hardened hearts, deaf ears. Second question. What can you do 
if you have lost the ability to listen. If you know enough about yourself to know, I don't really listen anymore to God. I don't seek after Him. I, I put Him off at a distance. What do I do about that? You, you have enough consciousness left, enough tenderness of heart to say, I'm in trouble. What do you do? Well, you ask God to change your heart. You ask God to give you ears. You ask God to give you eyes. And secondly, you repent of the things that have kept you from listening. Let me suggest there are two big things that keep us from listening to God. And I'm thinking a bit about our culture, but I'm thinking especially of Westmont College. And if this, or some of this feels like a bit of a rebuke, I deliver it to myself, with you. We must repent of our consumerism when it comes to religion and to the faith. Now, what is consumerism? Consumerism is the, uh, the ethos of most capitalist societies, which we're part. It's not necessarily linked with capitalism, but it often comes with it. It's the idea that uh, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are providers of services, and there are consumers of services. And the ethos of the provider is obligation and profit. The ethos of the consumer is entitlement. My rights. I've paid for this. I better get my money's worth. That's consumerism. Back in the early 1940s, Jim Rayburn founded a ministry I love dearly called Young Life. His big slogan was, it's a sin to bore kids with the gospel. I believe that. But listen to what consumerism says. When spoken by Christians, it's a sin to bore me with your gospel with your message. Brothers and sisters, this is deadly. If we come to worship and we come to chapel with the idea that there are those providers of services who are there to give me my money's worth as a student at Westmont, I promise you, to the degree we feel that, we will stop listening to God. Because it's not about what I do or the band does or any number of things that might happen up here. I mean, these are our, our, our humble and feeble efforts to simply point to the God that we all seek if we're wise. It seems to me there are two questions we ought to ask ourselves whenever we come to chapel. Number one, God... What do you want to say to me? Number two, what do you want me to say to others when you've spoken to me? I have a friend who always goes to church with an extra $25 in his pocket. Well, there's probably more now because food has gone up. But my friend David always goes to church saying, Lord, 
what do you want to say to me? And Lord, who do you want me to show your mercy to? He brings that extra money just in case he meets somebody he can take out to lunch. But the point is, he ceased to be a consumer. And now he's providing the service. We stop hearing God if we think otherwise. One other picture of this, my dog, Sonia. Uh, she makes two demands of us. One is that we feed her. That's legitimate. The other is that we scratch her. Well, that's okay. But if you've been in my home, you've seen this large 100-pound dog. Uh, she'll walk right up to you where you're sitting, get in your face, and then she puts this big paw on your arm and looks at you. And what she's saying is, I itch right here. Or here. In fact, I itch all the time. And when I don't itch, I like the scratching anyway. And then we scratch her once in a while. But believe me, if I, if I geared my relationship with my dog according to her needs to be scratched, nobody would be happy in our home. But when she's hungry, she does something else. She walks over by the bowl. Goes like this. And when we feed her, her mind gets completely off herself and onto the food. Now, some of us come to church and to chapel to be scratched. Some of us come to be fed. And God is the meal. There's a second way I think that we lose our ability to hear God. And that's with all the good things we get involved in here. All the activities, all, all the busyness of life. It's so good to see you guys back, rested. You know, you didn't look this way at the last chapel. <laughs> but a full, overly programmed life and not, not full with bad things. Not full with, with sins, just full with good things. The enemy of the best is never the worst. It's always the good. And I urge you to prune your life. It's not too late. Of the things that just don't have to be done, as good as they are. And to find out what Jesus meant when he said to Martha... Of Mary, only one thing is needed, and she's chosen it. Well, I'm with you in consumerism and too much stuff to do. I, well, I'll give you a parable of our lives, I think, certainly mine. Some years ago, I was uh, on my way to have dinner with a friend, and Actually, Loretta, my wife, was coming from another spot, so we're in two separate cars working our way to this house where our friend had invited us to dinner. Now, our friend was a very good cook. Uh, her only problem was she uh, never made enough for me or Loretta. And uh, it was just delicious stuff, but it was, these, it was Nouvelle Cuisine, you know, beautifully presented, 
just tiny portions. And those portions mocked me. I would eat them up, you know, and look around for another one, like my dog, you know, kind of nothing. And we often left our house hungry, and I was, uh, I was starved this particular night, looking forward to the good food, expecting there wouldn't be much of it. And I couldn't find her house. This is a parable. It's really happened, but it's a parable. And as I searched for her house, I kept driving by, I was in San Diego, I kept driving by uh, a Dervener Schnitzel restaurant. You know, hot dogs, 1,800 different kinds of hot dogs. You know, I tell you, that nothing, nothing smells better to me than a hot dog. And you know, they, they just sort of pump that stuff out into the, uh, the air. And as I was looking for this house where I was going to have this gourmet meal, I kept driving by this big hot dog restaurant. Oh, man, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm late and I'm hungry and I'm probably going to leave hungry, so maybe I ought to just get a little snack at the Wiener Schnitzel drive-thru. Menu's way too big. I got in front of the speaker and looked at the menu and I mean, how, how, do you, how do you pick the right hot dog? So I picked three. I got a <laughs> regular hot dog, a kraut dog, and a chili dog. But you know, all, all the spices and nitrates in that meat, you know, makes you thirsty. So, uh, so I ordered a giant Coke. But then what's a hot dog and a Coke without french fries? So I got a large order of fries and sat down and I had my three hot dogs and uh, drank my large Coke and ate my french fries and... Later on that evening, that was the best meal I couldn't enjoy. Because I've been eating hot dogs. And that's what lives that are stuffed with busyness do to our hunger for the God who says, let me quote him again, is anyone thirsty? Well, come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen, and I will tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen. For the life of your soul is at stake. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you have blessed us with these rich and incredible promises. So Lord, if we've lost our hunger, give it back. And Lord, give us the grace to repent the things that have shut our ears to you, whatever they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.